0: College circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here for the next 20 or so minutes. Let's dive right in. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving, had a good time with the family. I am sure that a majority of you, if you are listening to this show linearly, meaning current, you are about ready to jump into finals. I was going to do an episode discussing how to prepare for finals. And then it occurred to me. I've already done that episode. Not that I couldn't touch upon it again, but I have a really hot topic I want to bring to you now. So if you would like to go back and listen to how to prepare for finals, go back to episode 29. I discuss um, how do you want to study small, medium, large chunks, um, whether you're going to do the Pomodoro technique where you know you go for about 20, 30 minutes, get up, get a little activity in your body, sit back down creating your own study guide, having study partners, multiple choice, like different variations of how you would prepare for an exam in your finals. There are lots of different classes. I know for me, I'm currently getting my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And for us, we do terms. It's every two months we get a new class. Uh, Because of this, there isn't technically a final as much as there's like a big project at the end, a big essay or... Some sort of big thing worth you know one hundred and fifty points out of a thousand that 's a big chunk of your grade, so you want to be mindful of where you 're at in your semester, how good your grades are if you 're like me and keeping an eye on that pretty consistently, then you know where you 're at um, a lot of that stuff is turned digital now, so you 're fully aware of your grade as you move through the semester, not like back when I first got my undergrad where you had to track that stuff yourself. Now it's online and it's available to you. So know where you're standing, know what you need to do, and go back and listen to episode 29 in order to prepare for your finals. I know that's a long time ago because we're up into like the 180s now, but that was the one I found specifically about that back when I was doing the show more about college specifically uh, and once i started getting my way through those topics i realized that there was a lot more about emotional intelligence and mental health that we could be covering on this show because i really do believe that's where your true success in college comes from from habituating behaviors around your emotions and around your physical activity and around your mental acuity and around your spiritual growth keeping in mind spiritual growth and under my definition is more about morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs, standards of habits and your principles than it is about a specific religion. We've talked about this before. Everything that's religious is spiritual. Not everything spiritual is religious. And you can make your own determination about that for yourself. Just know that's how I quantify spirituality when I discuss it on the show. And so today what we're gonna talk about specifically, is my theory around why New Year's resolutions don't work, what you can begin doing now in order to prepare yourself for success in 2024, and wrapping up your 2023 in style. One of the reasons why New Year's resolutions don't work. And I've read enough statistics about this that it'll say, you know, 11% quit within the first week, and 29% quit within the first month, and less than 50% are still doing it three months later. I don't believe those statistics. One, uh, when you're polling people about the efficacy of a New Year's resolution, tendencies are going to be to pump themselves up a little bit, maybe uh, smidge the truth a little bit here and there, and not one to judge people answering a poll question and whether they're going to give a truthful response, because I literally have no idea how these studies are conducted in order to ensure a truthy, truthiness, <laughs> truthful Answer, I just know from my own experience, asking plenty of people in my life, as I've been a life and business and addiction recovery coach for the last five years, that way more people will admit to me that they do not follow through on a New Year's resolution uh, within that first one, two, three, four weeks, that by February 1st, unless it was super easy and achievable, it's not something that they stick with. And that's how I began to create this philosophy of the 60 day window to close out a year. And I call it the baton year um, because it's really about passing the baton off to the next year and making sure that the current year you're in has an opportunity to close up. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves in December to close out 2023 strong and to start 2024 off right. And in the business world, you know, this is quarter four. That's why all the businesses drop all their prices on Black Friday. It's to make up for the lack of sales that they did not experience throughout the year, which is great in theory, but why were these businesses not putting more opportunity towards getting purchases and money brought in throughout the year? And I'm not saying businesses don't know how to do their thing, but if you're putting all your weight into the holiday season, you're leaving a lot to chance. And so you see these businesses all dropping their prices, which again, doesn't seem like the greatest way to increase revenue by dropping price. Sure, you're putting more product out there, but you're not necessarily getting the revenue had you just been able to consistently create sales throughout the year. And so these businesses that are in red all throughout the year finally go into the black for the holiday season. That's why it's called Black Friday. It's a business term. That's it. And so I thought to myself, well, how can we make sure that we're not scrambling at the end of the year to finish up 2023 strong and to start 2024 off on the right foot? What if we actually created ourselves this really beautiful window that allowed us to pass the baton from one year to the next? And this entire analogy, this whole example, stems from those four by 100 relays at the Olympics where you see... One person running at full blast and then the next person waiting for the baton, as soon as the runner that has the baton gets to a certain point, the runner awaiting the baton begins to run. And then the person with the baton starts to slow down knowing that they need to be able to pass the baton off smoothly so that the next runner is already in stride, not at full run, but in stride, able to get that baton and then burst off into speed. That's the visualization I want you to have as we talk about passing the baton. This is why 2023 ends on February 1st and 2024 begins on December 1st, because you literally are ramping up your 2024, so it's already in stride when 2023 passes the baton off to 2024 on January 1st. Now, why are we allowing 2023 to go all the way to February 1st? because the runner who passed the baton does not stop on a dime. They've got momentum. They need to be able to slow down. They have that window to slow themselves down so they don't pull a hamstring or tweak a glute or something to that nature. So in this scenario, what we're talking about here is giving yourself this 60-day window. And what's interesting is I've been talking about this for years, not just on the podcast, but in my own life. And today I'm reading an article popped up on my Apple News Feed. I think it was from Huffington Post. But somebody was talking about getting into healthy shape. And they were saying the true secret is starting on December 1st. So that by January 1st, you've already started to create a program of being healthy. And I think in her example, it was doing something uh, for 30 days of 30 minutes. Now, I know enough about how the brain creates habits to realize that if somebody's going from no doing no minutes, asking them to do 30 minutes on day one, and then hoping that they keep up that consistency is setting themselves up for failure. Not everyone. there are plenty of people who will be able to start a new thing and then just ride or die with it. But not everybody necessarily has that functionality within themselves. And it has less to do with willpower and discipline and more with just the uncomfortability that comes from creating new habits and then stacking them too quickly on top of one another. This is why we're giving ourselves this 60-day window. So if you want to get physically fit, if you want to work on your emotional intelligence, if you want to start... Um, working on your brain and perhaps introducing it to new information to stretch your current way of thinking. If you want to check your principles and your standards of habits under your spirituality pillar, that you're not trying to do all of this on January 1st. This is why New Year's resolutions have a high propensity rate of failure because people are putting too much weight on simply the sun going down and then coming back up because that's all that's really happening. It's us humans that decided that that was going to be a monumental night. But in reality, it's just another sunset sunrise. The earth doesn't notice anything differently. We're putting that pressure on. So here's what I want you to do. I've already mentioned some of the ways that you can strategize this. So I want to be very clear because I was talking about this with a client today. And as much as I've talked about the spheres and the pillars, they don't necessarily always come through. So if you're taking notes, if you have a pen and a paper handy, write this down. You've got three spheres in your life. Three, everything fits into these spheres. I almost said three primary, but really there are three spheres in your life career, self, and relationships. I call it CSR, career, self, relationships. Everything that you're going to do in your life is going to fall into these three spheres, career, self, relationships. Now, when you're in school, you may not have a job. That is your career. That is you working on, even when you were in middle school or high school, or if you currently still are, that is what you do. Your career is going to school. It is getting grades. That is what your parents in society have deemed necessary for you to feel uh, successful, to be successful, to find success in life, is to gain an education. I'm pretty sure society agrees upon that. When it comes to yourself, it's what are you doing for yourself? How are you working on yourself? How are you paying attention to your needs, your wants, your desires? And then there's relationships. Humans are connection-oriented mechanisms. We are the, or an organism that needs connection. Everything that we do in life comes down to our relationships, how we communicate, how we interact, how we co-mingle with each other. These are your three spheres. There are tons of strategies out there for how people like to organize their lives. I think they make them too complicated. This is super simple, career, self, relationships. But there is another layer. And I say that with a nice little caveat that this isn't making it more complicated, this is actually simplifying it. Why? Because we all have the same four pillars within each one of these spheres. They are physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. I've said this multiple times in this episode already, and I talk about these ad nauseum in other episodes, but I want to be clear. This is your PIMS. P-E-M-S, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. When you're going to utilize this as a brainstorming technique to organize your life, you can either have three pieces of paper in front of you. One says career, one says self, one says relationships, or you can put it all on one piece of paper and make three different columns, career, self, and relationships at the top, then physical, emotional, Mental and spiritual go underneath each one of those spheres. These are the four pillars each one of these spheres has. I organized all of this back five, six years ago when I first got sober because I needed a way to quantify my growth forward into my sobriety, into my addiction recovery. Uh, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, they are the easy pillars. They come from the idea of mind, body, spirit. We've all heard that before, mind, body, spirit. I just thought that spirit had too much underneath it, that there was the spiritual aspect that people talk about, but within it, where was there space for the emotions to be discussed? So I just split it up. So instead of just mind, body, and spirit, now there is the mind, mental, there's the body, physical, and the spirit became spiritual and emotional. And I created the acronym PIMS, P-E-M-S, because I tried moving all of the letters around everywhere. And SPIM and IMPS and (laughs) MEPS, none of those sounded nearly as good as PIMS. (laughs) That's why it's P-E-M-S. Literally, I moved them all around. I did my best. It's the same reason why CSR, it just rolls off the tongue. Probably like CCR, the Credence Clearwater Revival, if you've ever heard of that band. Um, You know, I tried RSC, I tried SRC, all of them. It just ended up being um, CSR, just rolled off the tongue easier. That's why they're in that order. There is no particular reason other than that. It just CSR and PIMS just roll off the tongue. But these are it. And the beautiful thing about this is when we start to go to pass the baton off and we're starting to do a inventory of what we've accomplished this year, by utilizing the three spheres and the four pillars, you actually create yourself 12 different quadrants or rooms of your life. And I like to use this room like you have this McMansion in your life. It's inside your head. Everything about your life is inside your head. You spend all your time inside your head. Even when you're being physically active and you're, you you think, oh, I'm out of my head, I'm in my body, you're still in there. You're always in there. Untethered Soul by Michael Singer talks about how that voice in your head never really shuts up. I mean, unless you are really good at meditating, there's always a picture. There's a sound. There's an image. There's a feeling. Your body is sending you a signal. You're a constant information-gathering machine. And because of this you can now begin to picture your head as where your McMansion is, where you've got career physical, career emotional, career mental, career spiritual, and then the same with self and relationships. There's the self-physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. There's the relationships, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. When you break these things down, even things like your finances can go under career and mental. If you want to make more money, what do you need to physically do? Um, Maybe you need to work on your emotional intelligence so that you're more grounded at work, so that your bosses see that you're more adept at taking on a leadership role and give you that promotion. Perhaps when it comes to your mental acuity uh, around work, you could learn a new task, a new skill, get a new certification. Any of these will increase your financial stability. I see tons that want to you know, have nine different things and they want to break your finances down. The reason I don't break things like finances and health and any of the other different categories that I could just randomly throw out is because every single one of those is going to be affected by your physical and your emotional and your mental and your spiritual groundedness or your ability to grow those things. And they're going to live within your career, self, or relationships. If you're spending too much money on your girlfriend, boyfriend, whomever, then your relationships under emotional could be taxing you in a way to begin to resolve some of that emotional frustration you feel around this particular person would be to sit down and have a conversation about how you really are looking forward to saving up some money and getting out of debt in 2024. Everything can circle back to this. And the beautiful thing about it is once you begin to instill it, anything else that somebody tries to teach you or discuss with you, you will easily be able to shuffle into one of these three spheres. And then you'll notice where within the pillar you could begin to work on that. This doesn't have to live on its own. You can take anything else that you're already using to organize your life and simply slide all of those into one of the 12 rooms. Career, physical, you know, relationship, um, mental, could be self, spiritual. And the beautiful thing about why I've dedicated so much of my life to at least the last seven years of focusing on this is that when I first started asking myself, what did I want to work on in my sobriety and recovery? Um, You know, I might've been like, ah, you know, my job is really just taxing me. Well, how is it taxing me? Is it physically taxing me? Is it emotionally exhausting me? Is it mentally frustrating me? Is it not meeting my spiritual needs? Once I was able to realize which one of those quadrants, rooms that it fell into, I was able to directly focus my attention on working on that. Now, when clients come to me and say, I hate my job, well, I'm like, okay, what is it that you hate? I just hate it. It's this person. They never stop talking. It's corporate accounts payable. Nina speaking just a moment, 50 times a day. And I'm like, okay, so that's, you know, you've got some emotional groundedness things we could work on. Maybe the job's not challenging you enough. So there's a lack of mental uh, challenge that's happening in the moment. Maybe the business doesn't actually uh, believe in the things that you believe in. I mean, if you're an environmentalist and you're working for an oil company, you might have an issue if you're not working in the department that at least feigns that they care about the environment. <laughs> Knowing which one of these things is frustrating you that is creating a sense of confusion within yourself will allow you to dedicate time and attention towards working on that. When somebody comes to me and says, I want to make more money, I could give them a dollar. Now you, there you go, you've made more money. Well, no, I meant more than that. That's why we want specifics. And when you pass the baton off, which is January 1st. That is when the hand gets done because that's when the calendar says we do it. But if you're already thinking ahead into 2024, then you sit down with the piece of paper. You write down your spheres, right? I'm a big fan of one page for each and then physical, emotional, mental, spiritual under each one of those spheres. And think about what it is you seek to achieve in 2024. What would you like your physical body to look like a year from now? What would you like your emotional intelligence to feel like in a year? Where do you want your mental acuity and your sharpness and your your overall knowledge about things to have grown toward? Where would you like more of a growth mindset around your morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs, standards of habits and principles? And the best way, well, I mean, best is subjective to perspective, but certainly a very advantageous way to figure out what it is you seek to achieve in 2024 is to do a very open-minded, vulnerable inventory of what you accomplished in 2023. What did you accomplish? Did you get good grades? Did you make new friends? Did you step up and take on a leadership role in your student body? Did you join new clubs and new memberships and make new friends and learn new things? And did you decide to step away from an organization because they didn't believe in the things that matter to you? What was it that you achieved in 2023? And what do you seek to be able to look back upon in 2023 and say, I could have done that just a smidge bit better. That's not the desirable outcome I sought for myself. This is something I'd like to work on in 2024. Because we can be very cavalier about just brushing over the things that we succeeded on because we just expect ourselves to succeed. And no doubt that there are just as many things that we did not expect ourselves to succeed on that we did. And perhaps we celebrated those more, or maybe it was more of a oh, thank goodness, thank goodness that worked out well. I want us to celebrate the small wins, I want us to celebrate the medium wins, and I definitely want us to celebrate the big wins. Too often, we brush aside our successes and put a tremendous amount of our focus and attention towards the things that we perceive to have failed at. There is no failure. There's only feedback. Feedback about how you could do it more desirably the next time. Feedback about your approach. Feedback about your time, your attention, your energy towards things. You don't fail unless you just stop. Now, there are certainly going to be opportunities in your life where you might need to quit a job or end a relationship, but it's not like you just stopped working or stopped seeking other relationships. You're still going to move forward working and doing something. Even the richest of people still need to do something to fill their days up, or they just get mind-bogglingly bored and probably turn to addiction, like alcohol and drinking. Don't have to look too far to find musicians and celebrities who... Make buku amounts of money, and then eventually find themselves at an addiction recovery center. Your body, your mind, your spirit—they need something to focus on. So, if you quit a job, and you, like, well, Jesse told me not to quit things. No, you got to step away from certain things in life, but you then go look for the next challenge, the next job, the next relationship, the next organization that actually does fit your spirituality, that actually does bring you the things that you seek to attain and achieve in your life. I want you to look back at your 23 and be very honest with yourself. What were the things that you could have put a little bit more effort and attention toward? And what were the things that you did succeed at? And write these down on their own separate pieces of paper, and then utilize that list to determine what 2024 is going to look like for you. The most beautiful thing about ourselves, is that we have a brain that is consistently seeking ways to grow. You can either be in charge of that change, or you can just loosey-goosey with it and just blame fate or predetermined outcomes for why it is you are becoming the person you're becoming. You are not fixed. The number one principle in my book, College Success Habits, is growth mindset for a reason. We are constantly developing a growth mindset. That's why the word developing is what introduces that principle. You are not fixed. Nothing about you has to stay the same unless you choose to let it stay the same. Look back at your 2023. And over the next 60 days, allow 2023 to end its run, to say goodbye in a beautiful way. And allow 2024 to already be in stride by the time January 1st comes. If you want to make a change, like drinking less, loving more, being kinder, being friendlier, studying more astutely, being on time to things, whatever it might be, don't put all of that stuff onto January 1st. It's just a day. In fact, I think this year it's a Tuesday. So it's just a Tuesday. It's just a Tuesday. Instead, begin to start habituating these things. Try something new for a week, and once you've got seven days of that, maybe you up that new habit a little bit, or you could introduce a new one, but slowly begin to introduce new behaviors, new actions to yourself. You could literally begin to introduce three, four new behaviors and actions, one a week for the entire month of December, and by the time January 1st comes around, you've already got up to a week, maybe even four weeks with this new habit. Much more solidified than just thinking you're going to wake up on a Tuesday morning and just just because the sun rose, all of a sudden you're going to have all the motivation in the world to do the things that you couldn't seem to find the motivation to do all these other days that were preceding it. Pass the baton off. Be prepared. Champions are made in the shadows with no one watching bringing back into the Olympics and getting you out of here on this, you know, whether it's one of our four by 100 medley relayers or whether it's the Simone Biles or the Michael Phelps or the you know, Natalie Coughlin's of the world, you know, the Lindsey Vaughns, the people who achieve the most in their lives when it comes to these gargantuan events that take years to prepare for are the ones who realize that it's the preparation every single day that leads them to that achievement. I get it. Our smartphones and the internet have given us this instantaneous, you know, I must have everything kind of mindset, instant gratification, lack of impulse control. But the things that you truly seek to achieve are going to take time. Elon Musk spent years toiling away with SpaceX before he was a household name. Jeff Bezos was mailing books in his garage for three or four years until Amazon actually began to make a dent in the e-commerce industry. Facebook toiled away. Starbucks worked their little tail off. You know, at at uh, I think Pike's Place in Seattle. Now it's a household name. There's like eleven on one corner, but there used to be a time where it was just one little coffee shop hoping to stay afloat. They got a hold of some money and some marketing and boom, before you know it, they're worldwide. But that doesn't happen overnight. There is no such thing as an overnight success. It's just the first time you've heard of them. I love it when the video music awards or the Grammys will have, you know, new Artist of the year. And I remember one year, it was the Black Keys and they, were, they, they won new artists of the year. It was their fourth album. They weren't the new artist. They were an artist that had been around that nobody had bothered to pay attention to until they had a really popular song and then they took off. Overnight stardom, perhaps, but not an overnight success. Pay attention to how you're passing the baton over these next 30 days as we begin to enter into 2024 and realize you've got a 60-day window. Make the most of it. The habits you are creating right now in these college years, and even if you're a non-traditional student, it's the same way. You're going through massive growth, introducing your brain to a ton of new knowledge. Your entire being, your entire essence is in growth mode because this is happening. Trust me, I have noticed a tremendous amount of change in myself over the last, I just started up my third class, so I'm like into month four. I have noticed a tremendous amount of change in myself because my brain is taking in all this new information. I've actually got better at my workouts. I've become more emotionally stable. I've begun to check my spirituality and where I am landing around all the things that matter to me. You're under a tremendous amount of pressure, but also at the same time, that's how diamonds are made. Step into the pressure. Pass the baton. You've got 60 days. You've got a system. Now, Go make the best of it. Good luck on your finals. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye bye.